Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's start with Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the show. Is today the day after Roswell? You'll understand what I mean shortly. I have been rereading one of the most fascinating books ever published, The Day After Roswell, a former Pentagon official reveals the U.S. government's shocking UFO cover-up. This was published in 1997, one year before the death of its author, Colonel Philip J. Corso. He wrote it along with William Burns. And uh, this is almost 
seems to me almost like a deathbed confession. I want to read you a quote from this book. And even if you've read this book before, just like I have, just listen to this with fresh ears. These creatures were not benevolent alien beings who had come to enlighten human beings. They were genetically altered humanoid automatons, cloned biological entities, actually, who were harvesting biological specimens on Earth for their own experimentation. As long as we were incapable of defending ourselves, we had to allow them to intrude as they wished. And that was part of what the working group had to deal with. We had negotiated a kind of surrender with them as long as we could not fight them. They dictated the terms because they knew what we most feared was disclosure. Hide the truth and the truth becomes your enemy. Disclose the truth and it becomes your weapon. We hid the truth about the EBEs, used it against us until 1974, when we had our first real shootdown of an alien craft over Rammstein Air Force Base in Germany. Okay, so he is saying right here, these they're not friendlies. These these things, these guys flying flying around here, they're not friendlies. And furthermore, they're genetically altered humanoid automatons, cloned biological entities, harvesting biological specimens on Earth for their own experimentation. Now, this is a classic book. And yet you'd be surprised how many new young people are discovering this podcast every day. So let me just give you an overview of what this book is about if this is new to you. The Day After Roswell is an American book about extraterrestrial spacecraft and the Roswell incident, written by United States Army Colonel Philip J. Corso, with help from William J. Burns, published as a tell-all memoir by Pocket Books in 1997, a year before Corso's death. The book claims that an extraterrestrial spacecraft crashed near Roswell, New Mexico in 1947 and was recovered by the United States government, who then sought to cover up all evidence of extraterrestrials. Here's a quick synopsis of this book. The majority of the book is an account of Colonel Corso's claims that he was assigned to a secret government program that provided some material recovered from crashed spacecraft to private industry without saying where the items came from to reverse engineer them for corporate use. Corso was a special assistant to Lieutenant General Arthur Trudeau, who headed the Army Research and Development and was in charge of the Foreign Technology Desk. In this position, he would take technological artifacts obtained from Russian, German, and other foreign sources and have American companies reverse engineer that technology. And the book contends that several aspects of modern technology, such as fiber optics and integrated circuits, were developed by using information taken from the craft. Colonel Corso also claimed the world was, quote, at war with extraterrestrials and that the Strategic Defense Initiative Project was part of that campaign 
that was successfully concluded in Earth's favor. Now, when you look at that information, you think to yourself, well, we've heard this story before. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's fascinating, especially to me, because you really have to understand that all these years later, if you go back and you look at the reputation of the man who wrote this, Philip J. Corso, nobody is claiming this guy was a wacko. In fact, I don't usually do this. It's not very long, but I, I just want to read most of his actual biography here to you. After joining the army in 1942, Corso served in army intelligence in Europe, becoming chief of the U.S. counterintelligence corps in Rome. In 1945, Corso arranged for the safe passage of 10,000 Jewish World War II refugees out of Rome to the British Mandate of Palestine. He was the personal emissary to Giovanni Battista Montini at the Vatican, later Pope Paul VI, I guess, during the period when the Nazi rat lines were most active. During the Korean War, Corso performed intelligence duties under General Douglas MacArthur as chief of the Special Projects Branch of the Intelligence Division, Far East Command. One of his primary duties was to keep track of enemy prisoner of war, that is POW camps, in North Korea. Corso was in charge of investigating the estimated number of U.S. and other United Nations POWs held at each camp and their treatment. At later hearings in 1992 of the Senate Select Committee on POWMIA Affairs, Corso testified that he believed hundreds of American POWs were abandoned at these camps. Committee member John McCain stated that his knowledge obtained from those who had personal relationships with Eisenhower led him to believe that Eisenhower was just not capable of allowing known American POWs to remain incarcerated after the termination of the Korean War. Okay. Corso was on the staff of President Eisenhower's National Security Council for four years, and in 1961, he became chief of the Pentagon's Foreign Technology Desk and Army Research and Development, working under Lieutenant General Arthur Trudeau. Wow. Okay. I had to read you all of that so you would understand what we're talking about. Chief of the Pentagon's Foreign Technology Desk and Army Research and Development. And in his book here, he says a covert government group was assembled under the leadership of Admiral Roscoe Hellencotter, the first director of Central Intelligence, and among its task was to collect all information on off-planet technology. The U.S. administration simultaneously discounted the existence of flying saucers in the eyes of the public, Corso says. And according to Corso, the reverse engineering of these artifacts indirectly led to the development of accelerated particle beam devices, fiber optics, lasers, integrated circuit chips, and Kevlar material. And in the book, he also claims that the Strategic Defense Initiative, or Star Wars project, was meant to achieve the destructive capacity of electronic guidance systems there and incoming enemy warheads and 
disabling enemy spacecraft, including those of extraterrestrial origin. All right. Nobody says this guy was crazy. Nobody undermines his credibility. This book comes out. A year later, he dies of a heart attack. And it's such a well-written book. And one thing that especially stands out to me when I look at this book is that if you actually think about the rate at which technology has progressed, it's astounding. I mean, there are people alive today who are over 100 years old. 100 years ago in this country, in the USA, lots of people were still riding horses if they could afford a horse. Roswell happened in 1947. And then 22 years later, we were walking on the moon. Now you have a little box in your hand that gives you all the information in the world instantly, wirelessly, and you can strap it onto your face if you want to to play with holograms for fun. And now we're about to go to Mars. Technology has developed at an unnatural rate of speed compared to the entire recorded history of humankind. How can we explain this? There's not a bunch out there about alien tech, but when we come back, we're going to dig into some of it. It's pretty bizarre, including, yes, the infamous alien probe. Everybody knows about the probe, but what does it really look like? Oh, this is going to be a big story to tell. Um, Listen, if there's one thing that you should know, it is right now there is there is a battle waging to restrict free speech. And if you want to make sure that you stay directly informed, it's very important for you to go to joshuapwarren.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter on the homepage there. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Sign up with multiple emails. And always be sure to start checking your spam and other sections like promotion sections because you never know where it's going to end up. And that that's just not for me alone, but anybody you subscribe to. There's an effort to control what's happening. And when you sign up for my free e-newsletter, it takes you two seconds. You're going to get an automated email from me that has some free online gifts that can help you change your life dramatically. Wait and see. Just a good luck charm alone is pretty amazing. I am Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Don't go anywhere. There's more strange things coming right up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Strange Things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Strange Things. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. With the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network and Strange Things. Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, 
Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. Ajitato Zume! And I have never been to Egypt, but I understand that when you go to Egypt and you tell them, hey, these pyramids were built by aliens. They don't like that. It ticks them off. And that is because they say, no, our people built these things. You know, that's how amazing our people were. We didn't have aliens come down and, and do this for us. And uh, of course, <laughs> you're not going to stand there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if aliens built the pyramids or if humans did. I just don't know. But I'm not going to stand there and argue with an Egyptian about it. It would be disrespectful. Well, I don't think that your people were capable of building that. You know, it sounds very condescending and demeaning. I understand why that kind of thing ticks people off. And when you start talking about how lasers and fiber optics and computer chips and things were built, there has to be a, a similar backlash out there. I mean, for example, one of the key people behind building the integrated circuit was a man named Jack Kilby. He was employed at Texas Instruments and started developing this product, this microchip, basically, in the 1950s. And I'm sure that if you said to Jack Kilby, uh, and let's see here. No, okay, he's he's no longer with us. But it, but if you said to Jack Kilby, um, hey, I think that aliens came here and left this technology and the government ceded some of this stuff to you, he would be outraged. That would be very disrespectful in his mind. And I understand that. But uh, nothing against these scientists who have worked on these projects because there are two things that are important to realize here. Number one is when we're talking about these kinds of inventions, okay, when you're talking about fiber optics, particle accelerators, lasers, all this kind of stuff, we're not talking about these things being invented by like some old guy in the 1800s who wants to make a better mousetrap and he's out there in his barn, you know, whittling sticks and molding, pouring molds and hammering metal. No, these are inventions that were made by corporations that had a lot of people involved, a lot of moving parts, a lot of funding coming from a lot of different places. And so you could be one of the key people behind the development without actually knowing where all the little steps in the process uh, originated. And so that's number one. Number two is... um and I guess it, it just is a reiteration of point number one, that a lot of these engineers may have had no idea that they were being seeded this information somehow. And, and you can look at that in different ways in terms of, I don't know, they just they got some lucky report that showed up one day or I don't know. I can't explain how these things happen. But all I do know is, as I was telling you before, if you look back at the just all of human history, you compare where people were 100 years ago to where they are today. It's difficult to explain how that this 
progression, this evolution in technology has developed so quickly in such a short period of time. It is unnatural compared to the entire recorded history of humankind. And so if you really want to dig into some of the more technical stuff, well, you know, you got to read this book the day after Roswell. But like I mentioned, there's not a lot out there about who these aliens are and an alien tech in particular. But Corso here is saying, look, these, these aliens, I mean, they, they, they do use technology. It's not like that they're just waving a magic wand and making things happen. He's saying that the, the ones that he is encountering, the ones that are hostile toward, toward us are the ones that we should be worried about that we might be at war with. And when it comes to alien technology, there surely is nothing more infamous than the bedreaded alien probe, which was certainly popularized by Whitley Strieber. Uh, and in fact, I got to work on a television show with Whitley Strieber many years ago. And I've just recently also been rereading his classic book, Communion, A True Story. And I just want to read a passage here about his uh, realistic experience with this technology. And I'm, I'm going to have to edit this a little bit as I read it, because uh, as you can imagine, some of the words are pretty raw and intense. So he says, soon I was in more intimate surroundings once again. There were clothes strewn about and two of the stocky ones approached me. The next thing I knew, I was being shown an enormous and extremely ugly object, gray and scaly, with a sort of network of wires on the end. It was at least a foot long, narrow, and triangular in structure. They inserted this thing. It seemed to swarm into me as if it had a life of its own. Apparently, its purpose was to take samples. But at the time, for the first time, I felt the impression that I was being violated and I felt great anger. Okay. That's the gist of it. Like I say, I, some of the words are a little much for, uh, for a family friendly podcast, perhaps, but you know, how fun does that sound? And so it, it's always been intriguing to me that if these beings are, are so superior and so enlightened, well, then is that the best they can do? You know, is, is this probe, is that the pinnacle? It's like they can figure out how to travel through space and time and manipulate energy and matter and all that. But unfortunately, no way of uh, finding a better solution to, you know, extracting data than this big, ugly thing. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but. It, it Again, it does not sound like we're dealing here with uh, pleasant characters. And that's why you have to wonder. When you hear, hear these stories about people like President Eisenhower supposedly meeting with an alien to make a deal. 
And I, and listen, there are a lot of people who believe this. I've actually talked to one of President Eisenhower's descendants on numerous occasions, and she definitely says that she believes that this is what happened, that this was part of the story that she got passed down by members of the family, some members. Was there some kind of a, a treaty made, a deal to not resist these beings coming down here and taking biological samples from the earth? I'm talking about abductions, whether we're talking about specimens from humans or animals or whatever. We, we said we will not fight you when you do that, but in return, you give us some of your alien technology. And look, I, we have no way of knowing right now if that is true, but it is pretty funny that it was Eisenhower who warned us about the quote military industrial complex in his farewell speech. But everybody's heard about the military industrial complex, yet very few remember this other part of his farewell address in which he said, quote, Yet, in holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that the public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite, end quote. Wow. What does that mean? So he's talking about two forces at play here. One is the military industrial complex. And the other is the scientific technological elite in which there are people who are involved in the scientific technological world who come to you and they say, you're adorable, but you don't know what you're doing because we're smarter than you. And we have all this technology that you've got. So you just do what you're told. And then that, of course, is tied into the mechanism of the military industrial complex. I mean, what has advanced technology more than warfare? That's always been the, the driving force. That's why we have these huge black budgets. And uh, that's why there is such an effort to, to experiment with things. A lot of, a lot of money is spent on things that could be potential weapons that never even work out, but they just become part of this experiment. So think about that. What is this scientific technological elite? How does that tie into all this? Did President Nixon show off dead alien bodies to the actor Jackie Gleason? People who knew Jackie Gleason said it happened. We're up on another break. When we come back, okay, let's talk about maybe the difference between some of the good ones and the bad ones. And then I'm going to give you, I don't know, sort of a wrap up of my opinion on Here's what I can gather from studying all of this. And I had my own Roswell experience, you know. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be back after these important messages. Don't go anywhere. There's more Joshua P. Warren and Strange Things coming right up. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. 
You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. My name is Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com. Over five years ago, George Norrie approached me with a unique concept, a dating site for people searching for someone with interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal. From that, ParanormalDate.com was born. It's a unique site for unique people, and it's free to join to look around. If you want to upgrade and enjoy more of our great features, use promo code George for a great discount. So check it out. You got nothing to lose. ParanormalDate.com. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is ufologist Kevin Randall, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. 
Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. You know, I had my own wild experience at Roswell. This was many years ago. I was doing uh, an investigation for, I don't know, maybe like a week with a television program. So many bizarre things happened. We discovered some potential evidence there that was apparently so controversial that they never aired the footage. It became quite a a debacle. And if you don't know that story, then go back and listen to episode 10 of this podcast called My Amazing Roswell Experience, episode 10. And when you hear me tell the tale, you will understand why that I believe that something very important happened there at Roswell. And if not, it would not be as guarded as it is. There's just nothing around there anymore that deserves that kind of attention. But just listen to episode 10. You'll see what I mean. But I am not a pessimist. I am not a doom and gloomer. And even when I read this quote, like the one I've read earlier from Corso, these creatures were not benevolent alien beings who had come to enlighten human beings. They were genetically altered humanoid automatons cloned biological entities who were harvesting biological specimens on Earth for their own experimentation. Even when I read that, I have not lost hope because I do believe that there are all kinds of different entities in this universe. And there, it would make sense that the, the bad ones are the ones that you might encounter the most that are going to come and do bad things to you. Maybe the good ones leave you alone a little bit more, or at least are a little more gentle with you. And, and by bad and good, I'm not saying that there are beings out there that necessarily just think we're fantastic. Like they just love us because we're their little pets. You know, there may be some that don't want to hurt us because they feel aligned with us. They feel a kinship with us. And that's why it's really interesting when you take people like Dr. Stephen Greer. Uh, I've met Dr. Greer. I've never gone into the field with him, but he has his CE5 uh, protocol where he goes out to certain hot spots with people and he teaches them how to meditate. Um, nama. Um, nama. and you, you try to bring down or bring in these positive entities and people say it's just exhilarating when it happens and they just love it. And I, you know, I believe there are angels out there. I believe there are things that will help us. On the other hand, uh, when it comes to the negative ones, I got this email the other day from a man who has been a big supporter of my work for years. I've met him in person uh, more than once. He lives in California, and uh, he had an abduction experience. And here's what he wrote me just days ago. He said, this is an update about my abduction. After many years and attempting to see my abductors, I had a small breakthrough. I now know that the being in the ship with me was not a gray. It was an insectoid being 
resembling a praying mantis. And he talks about another sighting or encounter he had, and he says, it appears they must have an interest in me for some reason. However, they have not bothered me for a long time. As you know, our earthly insects like mosquitoes, ticks, and bedbugs, etc., do like to feed on us. Could it be the larger insectoids not only are in for blood, but the whole person? That would explain the millions and millions of missing people. What they eat, they also feed their pets. Those are some gruesome pets. And then he goes on to say, remember the quote, I am here to eat you all from the message I received. And here is what um, he's, he's talking about. If you go all the way back to episode number one of this podcast, I played an audio tone that I extracted from an authentic crop circle using my Parasymatics 2.0 technique. And it's, you know, one of these really weirdo sounds that, you know, and I just said, look, I don't know what this means, but you listen to it and send me an email and give me your interpretation. And people started giving me feedback. He listened to it and he said, here's what I heard. I am here to eat you all. Um, and I don't want to give his name, but thank you very much for that message because it is thought provoking, isn't it? It is true that what do insects often do? Many of them like to feed upon us. Uh, the, the most deadly animal in the entire world is the mosquito. You know, you, you might think it's a bear or a shark or something. No, it's a mosquito. And it's just sucking your blood. Now the mosquitoes not necessarily there because it hates you or it wants to kill you. It's just there because it's evolved to feed on you. And then that ends up spreading diseases. And that's why I say that some of these beings might be outright malicious toward us. And some of them may not be malicious per se, but it just so happens that uh, their interests don't align with our interests. It's not that different, really, than how you might interpret our relationship with livestock. And how that we slaughter chickens and pigs and cows and so on, not because we hate them or we want to be mean to them. And in fact, uh, there's supposed to be an effort to do it quickly and painlessly. But you see what I'm saying, regardless of whether or not you agree with that, humans do that. So it would make sense that, you know, as I've always said, there there's not one cow on planet Earth that knows that people eat cows. So it's certainly possible that um, we are somehow being, well, we're not the top of the food chain when it comes to the entire cosmos. All right. So where does all, all this stand now? You know, isn't it weird? And you know that I don't talk about specific politics on this show. I don't. I want you to have a place where you can get away from that. But isn't it weird that no matter where you stand as a civilian politically, no matter what your political view is, and we all have one, no matter what that is, it always seems like politicians are making really weird decisions and decisions that often seem outright stupid or absurd. 
And you think to yourself, how on earth can they justify this or that decision? And maybe, just maybe, it is because that there is an entirely different set of circumstances behind the scenes that you and I are not truly aware of. And if we were aware of those circumstances, then we would say, oh, now it makes sense. So, so now that's I can see why that decision was made. And the government often comes across as a scary thing. You know, Thomas Paine lived in the 1700s and is considered one of America's founders. And in his pamphlet called Common Sense, he called government a, quote, necessary evil, end quote. Boy, think about those two words put together, a necessary evil. That's a profound thing to think about. Those two words put together. Government is a necessary evil. President Ronald Reagan said, quote, the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help, end quote. So why does the government often seem so spooky and weird, especially with these tales of like, you know, so-called men in black and mind control experiments like MK Ultra? Is it such a dark scenario because sometimes, well, is it so dark sometimes because we are at war with these otherworldly beings, these aliens or UAP, and that this is the biggest secret ever, despite the fact many religions have said this has been going on for thousands of years already. We all have heard this. Could this explain why some government officials who may or may not be aligned with us, the little people, can seem to be so soulless and even deviant and reptilian sometimes? Why is it that sometimes, and perhaps you could even say most of the time, there's just like this dark cloud hovering around the world of politics? If you believe what Colonel Philip J. Corso told us right before he died, it is because when these beings do ultimately appear to us, the regular person, the ones that appear may present themselves as our friends, but they are not. Uh, Are they, in fact, the great deceivers? Well, you better keep that in mind. You never know when you're going to lose communication, so you better start thinking about it now. And that is something to think about. Okay, we're almost up on a break. When we come back, I have uh, at least one more interesting thing I want to put into your mind when it comes to, like, the reality of what these aliens may be like. And then also, I believe I'll have time to squeeze in this email I got from a listener who says that he encountered a vortex. Hmm. What do you think he means by that? A vortex. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Strange Things. 
Don't go anywhere. There's more strange things coming right up. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost thanks to the health care law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in the way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Sandra Champlain. Ever wonder what happens when we die? Well, I'm going to make it easier for you to understand. Join me for my show, Shades of the Afterlife. New shows come out every Friday, so I'll be looking for you. Right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren. And when you think about the way that Corso describes these alien beings, you might feel like they are something very foreign to us humans. You know, are, are, are these beings organic or inorganic? You know, we're confused by that. But don't forget, you might look at a human and a human looks all soft and gushy and a puppy dog's all soft and gushy and your kitty cat's all soft and gushy. But hey, humans contain iron, copper, chromium, lead, nickel, Okay, we have all of these kinds of metallic components within us. And so we expect something to look like us and be warm and cuddly. And but if it's not, well, now it, oh, it's a, some kind of a robot. But actually, we are all kind of like cyborgs. Like some form of AI working in this computerized system we call reality so it should not be so impossible for you to imagine the the existence of these types of of beings the way he describes them and that's why that you can find every type of extraordinary example of uh amazing almost supernatural powers in the animal kingdom I mean, you know, it's just like, for example, there was a news story that came out the other day about this man who died because he, okay, he was 46 years old, living in Brazil, and somebody gave him as a gift a puffer fish. Now, you're not, I mean, now people do eat puffer fish all the time, but they're very, very poisonous, and you really, don't you don't need to eat them this is a very avoidable death so this guy he he gets the puffer fish which uh they say its toxins are 1000 times deadlier than cyanide his sister said he cooked the puffer fish and served himself and a friend they say miraculously his friend survived she said that her family doesn't know how to um you know how to how to prepare a puffer fish he didn't have any experience cleaning it and all that he says he gutted it removed its liver and then boiled it 
with, you know, ate it with some lime juice. I mean, that sounds about right for a, a normal fish. But then he started feeling the toxins less than an hour after eating it. His mouth started to feel numb. And then so finally, you know, they drove him to the hospital and then the numbness spread throughout his body. And then he went into cardiac arrest for minutes, started having seizures. And then, you know, he goes on life support, dies later. And uh, so please, you know, there's no need to eat a puffer fish. But the interesting thing is, as I was reading this article, it mentioned that. Like, uh, it was talking about how the, like the most deadly creature and the, or I guess the most poisonous creature in terms of like just a, an individual creature out there is the golden poison frog. The gold. And I started reading about this also known as the golden dart frog. It lives in the rainforest of Columbia and it just looks like a cute little golden frog. You can imagine the name says it all. And so it says the golden poison frog uh, is definitely one of the most poisonous animals on the planet, produces this deadly alkaloid on their skin glands as a defense against predators. To become poisoned, a predator uh, generally must attempt to consume the frog, although this species is so toxic that even touching an individual frog is dangerous. And it says there are only a few types of this frog, I guess. Uh, anyway, there's a few frogs that have this kind of poison. But it says here that, um, and this is what I found especially weird, that it is unknown how the frog avoids poisoning itself. Think about that. We, we, we have all this technology. We know so much that we can, you know, we're going to Mars, I guess, but we don't know how that this poisonous frog is unable to avoid poisoning itself. And it says golden poison frogs are a very important frog to the local indigenous cultures there in Colombia. It is the main source of the poison and the darts used by the natives to hunt their food. This one tribe of people says they expose the frog to the heat of a fire and the frog exudes small amounts of poisonous fluid. The tips of arrows and darts are soaked in the fluid and remain deadly for two years or longer. Uh, you know, so look, you might have something as like a, a nice, soft, gushy, cute little cuddly frog, and yet it has this superpower. So, I mean, when you start thinking about the range of the, how the, the components of, of the, the periodic chart, you know, all the elements of the universe can be rearranged, all these combinations, uh, we may not necessarily be that much different than some of these aliens out there. They're just arranged differently than us, but we're all just a combo of these bizarre things. And there are certain places on this earth that might actually be more attractive to these visitors, as Whitley Strieber calls them. Maybe help them to come through, you know, sort of the portal type thing. I got this email from a man. I won't use his name. 
I believe he lives in Ohio. And I say that because he corresponded with me before. And I think he said that, but he said, I stepped into a vortex last week that I did not realize was there while doing morning feeding for my equines. Suddenly I could not keep my balance. And before I decided to drop to my widely spaced knees, I noticed all the lights around me spinning around me as if I were in the midst of a carousel looking out. I now have a new appreciation and respect for crooked trees here and there in the woods. Thank you for that message. I thought that last sentence was the most interesting part because you hear like, okay, somebody got dizzy. They fell to their knees. I mean, there are explanations for that, but um, he is apparently saying that when you see a crooked tree, that may be an indication that you're near one of these vortexes. And, you know, it's funny. I've been to Sedona, Arizona numerous times, and they are famous for these areas known as vortexes. And there's no scientific proof that vortexes exist. I believe they do. Uh, just we we don't know how to measure exactly a lot of things <laughs> that we experience. Um, but, you know, I've been into areas where you walk in and you're like, I, I, I'm not supposedly a psychic, but I'm, I'm feeling something here. Maybe I'm fooling myself. Maybe it's a placebo effect, but in fact, I, ha I don't think I've mentioned this yet. I have a trip coming up to a very special sacred place. And uh, I'm going to be making this trip soon. I've been wanting to go there literally for years. Just, you know how it is. Not enough hours in the day. I'm finally doing it. All the arrangements are made. And I'm going to go to this sacred place that is considered uh, a portal, a vortex, all that stuff. And among some, it is considered of the very highest degree. And I, I wish I could give you more information about it. But I'm talking about at the level of maybe the biggest portal, the biggest vortex of all, I don't know. Uh, and so I'm going to be bringing some items with me on this trip that I'm going to charge up and I'm going to take some of those and bring them back to my lab later and do some experiments with them. I might even make some of them available to uh, some of you who are interested. But um, the first time I finally announce what I'm up to will be through my free e-newsletter. So be sure to uh, once again, sign up for that. And then um, you will be the first to know. And I'm really excited about this. I'm a tiny bit nervous for some reason. I don't know why I, I, I should feel that way. But anyway. All right. <sighs> it's been a whirlwind. So now let's try to relax. If you can, take a, take a deep breath and close your eyes. If not, just take a deep breath and enjoy the 22nd Good Fortune Tone. That's it 
for this edition of the show, follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the curiosity shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.